0: Mother with us today, and her sister with us. And Michaela had a birthday on Wednesday, and then Kristen had one on Friday, right? And so uh, they're twins, just a couple days apart. (laughs) Uh, But we're glad to have them today and and, uh, visiting with us this weekend. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I've had some things in my heart, and I wanna share some things here today, and then uh, this morning, and then I'll finish uh, that, perhaps finish it tonight, but I wanna continue tonight. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 22, there is a a, uh, recipe for the anointing oil. In Exodus chapter 30 and verse 22, it says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shackles of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shackles, 250 shackles of sweet smelling cane, 500 shackles of cassia, according to the shackle of the sanctuary and a hen of olive oil and you shall make for these the holy anointing oil an ointment compound according to the art of the perfumer or the apothecary and it shall be a holy anointing oil amen it shall be a holy anointing oil and then in hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 just one scripture there in verse 25 and it simply says this, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more the more as you see the days approaching. What days? The days of the Lord coming. Amen? The days of the Lord's coming. And so we find here that there is a, a process to creating the anointing oil. And I want to talk to you today, this morning and this evening, on fresh oil, because fresh oil does not just happen. Somebody has to make it. Amen. The most dreaded thing that can ever happen at Christmas or a birthday is when your wife comes home from shopping with a box and you see on it a simile required. They can put a lot in those little boxes, and it's no fun. There's a rule at our house, and that is simply this. If it says assembly required, you pay the extra money at the store, and let them put it together. Amen. Say, well, you're crazy. No, I'm smart. Jordan has a little red wagon in our storage building that he got when he was three years old. It's still in that box because my wife did not listen to my directives. (laughs) And that is a true story. Because what I have found out is is that little box and that some assembly required can cause you to um, think things that you shouldn't be thinking words will come to your mind and i've never cussed putting things together but where i spit the grass has never grown again <laughs> Amen. i just i don't get any pleasure out of putting those little things together you understand what i'm saying <laughs> you see but what just a little bit of humor here today but I don't believe that anything just happens. I believe that there is a cause and effect for everything. I believe that where we are today, as you've heard me say many times before, wherever I am, wherever you are, is because of choices and decisions that we have made somewhere in our past, whether that be yesterday, whether that be months ago, but we also are, are in control of what happens in our tomorrow, by choices and decisions that we make today. I know that we're not in total control of our life, but I am talking about on a daily basis and where we are in our lives that the things and the decisions that we made in days past have led up to and created uh, the situation that we are in today. And so if you don't like where you are today, then you can change your tomorrow by doing something different right nothing just happens physically or socially or spiritually without there being a cause and an effect and so have you ever been in a service where um, the lord's presence was very strong it filled the place and 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 before you started the service you experienced and knew that there was something in the atmosphere there was something in the air if you will there was something special that was going to happen today it it you could sense it before they started singing when worship would begin you knew that god was there some a kiss of his grace was upon your life and upon what was going on and 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 those type of things the spirit of god would just flow through the entire service and you can know that god's presence was there people would start worshiping like that, that that they had ushered in the presence of the lord because there was a liberty because there was a freedom because there was a expectation in that service you see uh you you and then what happens in I know we don't have a lot of Sunday morning, Sunday night services back to back anymore, but you don't even have to go from week to week. You could go from service to service and, and you could have that kind of atmosphere on a Sunday morning and come back on Sunday night and it was dead. It was dead. It was lifeless. The same singers, the same preacher, the same people but yet nothing was going on, nothing was taking place. And the church, I don't know that it was really what they taught, but it was what I, I uh, got from it, that the church would we would co- grow up in and, and go through, it was like that, that uh, again, I don't know that it was taught, but what I felt like was suggested that, that it was just God's special day. It was the, your special time, that. That somehow you hit heaven's lotto and and God's chose you to bless today you got the blessing today and then there was nothing that that anyone had to do it just happened and I and I've come today to dispel that lie I've come to take the cover off of that myth because I'm telling you that something caused that great service something caused that atmosphere to be created Uh, and you grow up in in services like that and it seems like that well why can we not always have that type of service i want to submit to you today that we can we can but it doesn't happen it doesn't happen spontaneously it is hap it is because that somebody has prepared themselves that things have been put into order and things have been brought into place and and people have been praying and seeking god and people have been uh, calling upon the lord and have already prepared their hearts and have already come with a spirit of expectancy that that they are going to receive something in the house of the lord on that day amen Because, you see, whenever you have a spirit of expectancy, it will produce something in the atmosphere. I can, whenever, you know, I go and I preach a lot and whenever I go and preach, I can, I know before I ever go to the pulpit if there's any expectancy in the house. If there is any, any atmosphere, if there's any demand upon the anointing, are we just here to go through the motions? and and i know today that it is the same here in this house whenever we come together do you have an expectation because it is the expectation that draws the presence of the lord amen and so whenever we come we must come with a spirit of expectation and, and, it, and I know that people say, well, you know, it, that, that just, you shouldn't just believe and you shouldn't expect, but that, that's a lie. We ought to come here expecting to experience the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I know what man has said in the past, but I, I, and I know how they view things, but, but the reality of it is this, whenever we would accept this lie that we don't have anything to do af- about it and uh, it's just god popping up and saying i'm going to bless you today then it takes all of the responsibility off of you and i so that we don't have to prepare ourselves we don't have to pray we don't have to read we don't have to to uh, come with a spirit of expectation we just come to the house of the lord and then something happens for us, But when we look into the Bible, we come to this place where that it, it tells us that if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life, upon your family, upon your church, then that the anointing is not spontaneous, but someone has to make it. It's deliberate, right? Here in Exodus 30 and verse 25, it says, And you shall make from this holy anointing oil and then he gives us these five different ingredients these five different fragrances in which are used he says that there is going to be a a compound that is going to be made from this holy anointing oil The anointing does not fall. Someone has to make it. And we are trying to make it supernatural. But when God talked to Moses about the anointing oil, God said to him, someone has to do it. Someone has to make it. And we can't expect to go through our week and doing our thing and then come to church on Sunday and then the anointing is just here. Amen. It it, it don't work that way. There are the spices that make up the anointing oil. God tells Moses that he will have five different uh, spices and mix them together and it creates the anointing oil. Uh, five is the number of the gift that God has given the church. He has given the gift of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. These different spices, when I was studying upon them, they, they, are, uh, they are speak to me about diversity. They speak to me that that we cannot all think that we've got it all together for ourselves. But as you've heard me preach in these years, I believe that in this last day, all of the moves of God will be the rivers that we find in the book of Revelation, that there are many rivers that are flowing and from that is the rivers of, of the gifts that God has given the church. And so what I'm saying is, is some people are from different, they call them camps. There's people from the word faith camp and there's people from the charismatic camp and there's people from the uh, holiness camp and all of these different things and in this last day we're going to see the fulfillment of those coming together to create an anointing that is going to destroy the yoke and remove the burden upon this last-day church but you see here that in these five when I study in this these five fragrances these five spices none of them are found in any given one location. All of them you would have to find them in different forests or different places you would have to go to five different areas in order to get these five spices you couldn't even find two in one place every there was located in different places it speaks to me about us coming together that we may come from different backgrounds we may come from different uh, uh, family units we come from different uh, uh, bloodlines and all all of those things but what we have to do is we have to come together somebody say come together We've got to come together and if we do not come together, then there will be no atmosphere created. But the moment that we come together and we leave our places of what we desire, the things, the atmosphere in which we are, uh, that we are comfortable in and we come together as a body, we are going to create an atmosphere that is conducive for the anointing and the presence of God to flow over us. Our life. I want to look to, for a few moments here this morning at these spices. The first one is myrrh. Myrrh means bitter. Why in the world would the Lord have him put bitter in the anointing? Oil. You know, bitter, like Naomi. When she was in a famine and she had lost everything she had lost her husband she had lost her family she had lost her everything there was it was all gone and she finds herself in a famine and naomi the word naomi means pleasant but she says don't call me naomi but call me mara for i am bitter right call me mara for i am bitter we see that in the time and the process of, of us getting where we need to be with God, we have to be careful in the process to not become bitter. Amen. We may not understand it. Chances are we will not understand it. But we can't afford to become bitter. But if we do, Right? Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10. Well, I'll read a few scriptures here. In Ruth 1 and 20 it said, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. And then in Hannah in First Samuel chapter 1 and 10, she said, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sorrowful. The Hebrew here is uh, bitter for soul. And the thing that i like about hannah was even though she was bitter in her soul she knew where to go amen people today get hurt they get in trouble they don't agree with something the first place they give up on is the only place they can find help the only place they can find direction it's the house of the lord the church the house of the living god amen That doesn't happen anywhere else in our lives but the church. Amen. Walmart can tell you something's on sale. You go to buy it, it ain't on sale. Right? They say, sorry, that wasn't the right price. You don't quit Walmart. Amen. Amen. You go to work they change things up you have to wear a hard hat now you don't like wearing hats but you don't quit if you're smart (laughs) you don't quit just because you got to wear a hard hat you adjust amen because you understand no worky equals no ed amen you go to doctors And out of their infinite wisdom and all of their education, they aren't able to fix your situation. You don't give up on doctors. But isn't it strange how that whenever people are in a bitter place in their life, that they quit coming to the house of the Lord? I haven't never figured that out. When people get bitter, whenever they get in hard places, when difficult things happen in their life, the first place they'll stop going or attending is the house of the Lord whenever it should be the place that we seek out. It should be the place that we find and desire to be in the place because it is the place of help. It is the place of hope. It is the place of strength. When we don't understand, when we can't figure it out, we we got to go to the place where the presence of the Father is, even in our uh, not understanding, even in our bitter moments, even in the seasons of our life when we cannot figure out why these things are happening we don't leave the household of faith we run to the household of faith because it is there that the anointing and the presence of God can bring us hope can bring us direction that can correct those things that are wrong and help us to see what is right amen and so we got to come together but if we don't come together then there's no anointing made amen and so people say, well, I, I just didn't think I should come to church because I just wasn't in a, in a right state and I didn't want to come like that. Yeah, you need to have your hiney here in that, that bad state. Why? Because everybody hasn't had a bad week. Everybody hasn't dealt with what you're dealing with. So just bring, bring your moral with you. Bring your bitterness with you, bring your hurt, bring your pain, bring your confusion, because we needed that that broken heart, that broken, uh, contrite heart. God said he will not uh, cast out, but praise God, when you bring it, you bring it into his presence and he does something beautiful with it, amen? Then he said, not only do you bring some myrrh, but he said also bring some cinnamon, amen. I like me some cinnamon, do you? I like me some cinnamon. I like me a sweet potato with some extra butter, amen, some brown sugar, and me some cinnamon, amen. It makes life better, amen. If you haven't never tried it, don't be judging me, amen. But I found out the hard way, Josh, you can't have too much of a good thing. I ruined a sweet potato one day thinking that, you know, a little bit made it taste pretty good. A good bit tasted real good. That didn't work out for me because that cinnamon is dry. It'll stick to the top of your mouth and it, it, it just ruins it when you put too much of the cinnamon on a Sweet potatoes. Has anybody else ever had that dilemma in your life? Amen. It'll, it'll mess everything up. You're expecting it. You're, you're ready for it. Your, your mouth is ready for that party that's coming. And suddenly it doesn't work out because you put too much cinnamon in your sweet potato. All right. A sweet potato with too much cinnamon isn't good. Cinnamon by itself isn't much good, right? And so you can have too much of a good thing. And even though that's good, you know, we say, well, uh, we got the worship team. That's good. We've we've got the preacher. That's good. We've got this one and that one's here. That's good. But good is is a, a good thing is good, but you can't just have just that because it's not going to work, right? But then he says to them, said, bring your myrrh, bring your cinnamon, and then bring the cane. This is a reed-like grass that smells like ginger. Said, bring your cane, and then bring your cassia It is a flowering plant that smells like cinnamon. And then he says, and then also bring olive oil olive oil is it comes from the crushing of the oil olive no one likes the crushing no one likes the sifting right the sifting process jesus told simon peter he said that satan has desired to sift you as wheat but he said i'm praying for you that your faith should not fail Amen. And he said, and whenever you return, strengthen your brother. And so he, there, the, this olive oil, the olive has to go through the crushing, the pulverizing process of the olive. And there is no way to get, uh, save the olive if you want the oil it is it is it is destroyed it is crushed it is pulverized in order to get the oil through the process nothing is left i believe it was john that said that that you must increase that i might decrease amen there has to be an emptying of ourselves there has to be a place in our life that if we want it we have to exchange ourselves for god we have to exchange ourselves for his presence there, we can't hold anything back we can't we can't say well god i'll give you this much no we have to surrender it all we have to give everything to his lordship and say god i give you everything and through the crushing process that's exactly what happens we we see that when that crushing takes place whenever that pulverizing takes place there's nothing left of us and paul said it's not i that live but christ that lives within me the he's speaking and referring to going going through this process of crushing until there's nothing left of us, but it is his presence, it is his anointing, it is his glory that is upon our life. All of these spices are good by themselves in some measure. They smell good, many are used for many things, but you cannot make anointing oil with just one ingredient. You've got to have all five of them. Amen. God in his infinite wisdom and understanding, he would never allow everyone to have all the gifts. He would never allow us to be able to fulfill our purpose and our destiny on our own. But for us to do what God has called us to do will require us connecting with other people to see that accomplished, I promise you that. You will never fulfill it on your own, but you will have to connect and be a part of other people being into your life and connected to your life. And so we look here and we see that this anointing oil was not just one ingredient, but it was many five ingredients that were mixed together. And God told Moses in verse 25 that he was going to make a compound, these different fragrances and the myrrh, the cinnamon, the cane, the acacia and the olive oil were to be mixed together like a a, a holy apothecary or a perfume maker. And he said, I will uh, make, um, there'll be a smell that is going to come from it it is going to be something that people will be uh, understand it'll be they will know that this is anointed. it'll be a fragrance like no other fragrance amen and someone has to make it you can't be um, uh, poured on flesh you have to pour it uh, you, if you pour it on flesh it's going to stink but you put it up on the garments right amen I don't know. If we have any folks old enough, maybe. But my grandma, when she'd put perfume on, she'd never put it on herself. She had a little cloth. She'd spray it on. Amen. And she said that that that'll cause that smell to last longer. Amen. And there's something about the, the smell of flesh, when the anointing oil is upon it. What are you saying? it's, it's not for the anointing, oil is for the man's spirit and not for the flesh. Amen. It's not for you to be able to do this and do that and and have your parade your flesh around. The anointing is for the spirit man and that's the reason why that we must decrease so that he can increase. It is for the spiritual man and for the spiritual man when the anointing comes upon us that the power of God will be released upon our life to do extraordinary things. Amen. That's the reason why we need his anointing. Because the anointing will enable you to do what you cannot do yourself. Amen. But we must come together. So we must come together. We bring our myrrh Then the bad week. Amen. God isn't afraid of your ugly. Well, I just had a bad week. Why'd you lay out? I just had a bad week. Well, welcome to the club. Amen. Life is hard. Life is difficult, praise God. And I want to tell you today that if you allow those things to dominate your flesh then your spirit man will never experience the anointing to be able to overcome the things of the flesh. But whenever you come into an atmosphere where there is someone that had a bad week and there is somebody that brings a little cinnamon that's the reason it said half as much and then he said bring some cassia, and bring some olive oil and bring some cane and we bring it all together And we, what we do, that's the reason why it's important for you to worship. That's the reason why it's important for you to lift your hands, to clap your hands, to sing, to vocalize your praise. Because when you are, you're releasing your fragrance into an atmosphere. You're releasing your fragrance into a bowl if you will amen and what happens when we release that fragrance that that into the bowl then the Holy Spirit is the, the apothecary he is the perfume maker and he brings and stirs it all in a bowl and that's the reason why he said all things are working together for our good and he begins to bring it all together and stir it all together and you may be in hurt you may be in pain and while somebody else has had a great week of victory and they bring their joy they bring their shout they bring their sweet smelling presence and we mix it all together and the Holy Ghost stirs it all up because no longer are we individual but we are corporate and when we are corporate and we bring our praise together the apothecary begins to stir it up mix it together and pours it back out on us and when he pours it out on us corporately it is the anointing Anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The oil can grow stale. It can be, our freshness can grow stale. But if we have the anointing of God upon our life, it will break that staleness off of us and not just one of us go home joyful, but everybody go home joyful no matter what the week has brought, no matter the situation we're facing tomorrow because fresh oil has been poured upon our life. Can you give God some kind of praise for that today? You see, you can you can get stale sitting in a pew. You can grow stale, the freshness of of God can leave you. You you see, people, we use this terminology called backslide. Well, let me tell you, folks, don't backslide one Sunday. They don't decide, you know, if if somebody's not familiar with that, that's just a terminology for somebody who who, who quits God. Who doesn't follow, continue to follow up with the Lord, don't have a a relationship with God. But can I tell you that people don't backslide, uh, just one Sunday come to church and say, I don't think I'm going to go again. They backslide sitting in pews. They grow stale. The freshness of heaven leaves them they grow stale and we come to a place where heavenly things no longer excite us (laughs) it's true and we become mechanical in our worship and we become mechanical going through these motions and going to church but there's no excitement there's no freshness on it there's no passion in it any longer amen And as a result of there being no passion, there being no no desire any longer, we become stale and if we don't get a fresh touch of heaven upon our life, it is then that we realize that they are absent from the church. As a result, we become ineffective and we lose our effectiveness to impact our culture. Where is the fresh flow of the Holy Spirit? Where is the freshness of heaven? The fire of God. Because you see, we don't lose that just on one Sunday. We don't lose that by just one decision. But the church, we we go through, we we don't lose that freshness by just because one service was off. Because you see that fresh oil and that fire of God. we, We lose our freshness when we don't keep our personal relationship with God. When we're praying, yes, worship is important. Corporate worship is important. That's the reason I read to you today in Hebrews: forsake not the assembling of yourself together. People want to discredit that, especially in the last fifteen or twenty years, which is idiotic. That people would suggest, well, I don't have to be—I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, but if you're a Christian, you're going to want to amen why because of like brotherhood amen folks that like sports go to sporting arenas folks that love god come to church amen i know that may ruffle somebody's feathers but i've been in it too long to worry about that amen it's true when you're hungry for the things of the spirit you when you desire something where do you go If if you're wanting wanting gas, you, you, you don't go over here to Red Lobster. Amen. You go where the source is. Come on, somebody. And if you're hungry, then you don't go to a gas station. I know some disagree, but I don't. You go where the source is. And if you're looking for God, and if you're desiring God, then where do you go? You go to the source. Amen. Now, who is the church? This building is not the church, but this is where the church assembles. This is His body. Glory to God. And so we come here and we find His presence. We find His anointing. We find what we, we desire. And we lose our freshness whenever we do not have daily prayer daily word, daily worship, Thank God, come together corporately. Thank God for us being able to come together. But we have to understand it's not just a a one-time-a-week thing. It's not just when you're having bad days or bad weeks that you pray. But every day you have to have a prayer life. That's discipleship. It's discipline. You don't just pray when you feel like praying. You make it a discipline in your life that I pray every day no matter if I feel it, no matter if I don't, no matter if it's 5 minutes or 50 minutes I'm going to pray, I'm going to talk to God today I'm going to say something to Him so He will reciprocate and say something to me I'm going to get in His Word and if I've read it a hundred times, I'm going to read it again because I believe His Word to be a living Word, His, His Word comes alive and what a may have not needed before I need today what I never seen before I will see now because his word is a living word hallelujah I'm going to worship I'm going to praise him I'm going to sing my song and I don't have to have a worship leader to do it I'll praise him for myself I'll make up songs I'll tell him how good he is I'll glorify his name of his faithfulness over my life I'll prophesy over my own life. I'll prophesy over my children. I'll prophesy over my wife. I'll prophesy over my family and my finances. I'll tell the devil how my tomorrow is going to be. I will rejoice and I will praise the Lord. And I will create an atmosphere. And when I do, His anointing will come and destroy the yokes and remove the burdens from my life. Amen. We cannot rely on yesterday's blessing. We cannot eat stale manna. Amen. Instead of seeking fresh bread today. Amen. When we know how and what to do, then we come to a place we don't rely on God. Amen. And as a result, we don't stay fresh. We lack... The anointing. And when we lack the anointing, it takes a toll on us. Because you started in the spirit, but you're trying to finish in the flesh. Amen. And everything is easier in the spirit than it is in the flesh. Amen. Just ask Saul, the first king to be anointed over Israel. Saul is working in his own power and he refuses the word of the Lord. And Saul lost the anointing of the Lord on his life. And as a result, where did he go? He went to the witch of Endor, looking for a word. Amen. When there is no anointing in the house of God, the world will start going to the world to find a word. Amen. When there is no anointed word, when there are no answers in the house of God, people will start dialing 900, dial a witch. Amen. They'll look for somebody to give them some kind of hope. Come on. Amen. And that's where Saul was. He refused the word of the Lord. The anointing ceased upon his life. And then he goes to the witch of Endor looking for a word. We need God to anoint us again with fresh oil. I said we need fresh oil. There are some things that we can do with the oil of the Holy Spirit upon our lives that we'll never be able to do without his anointing upon our life. Amen. When His anointing comes, and I'll talk more about it tonight, but when His anointing comes, it makes things easier. Amen. It makes things easier. Whenever I come to the pulpit and preach, I start uh, most of the time in the natural. I start just in faith. But somewhere along the way, my helper will come. The anointing will come. And when the anointing comes... (laughs) When His anointing oil begins to flow over our life, it makes it easy to flow into the presence of God and do what He desires for us to do. Amen. I'll talk more about that tonight. But whenever His anointing oil comes, the natural becomes supernatural. The ordinary becomes extraordinary. When the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit comes, it takes a Moses that's slow of speech and gives him the tongue of the learned. It takes the deceiving Jacob and turns him into a prince of the nations. It takes a shepherd boy and it turns him into a giant slayer. It takes a fisherman and it makes him fishers of men. It takes a tax collector and turns him into a gospel giver. It takes a church fighter of Saul and turns him into a church builder like Paul. Amen. It takes those that are are in our life and those things that are in our life that are difficult and it rights the wrong because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us and He has anointed us. Praise God. And it's not by might nor by power but it's by the Spirit spirit of God and so whenever we're walking out this life we should not try to fulfill it in our own flesh but God I'm relying upon you I don't know what to do I don't know what to say but my eyes are upon you and I'm looking for your presence I'm looking for your anointing I am expecting you to touch my life and to transform me and to anoint me for the task that you have called me to you can't tell me that God has brought you this far and not talking to you now you can't tell me that God has brought you to this place and not going to anoint you for such a time as this God's anointing is for you it is for this day it is new every morning it is fresh upon your life and he will cause you to be anointed for the season that you are in when the anointing is flowing it'll we talked about it here this morning it'll cause water to flow out of a It'll cause a stone to slay a giant. It'll take a jawbone of a donkey and slay. I'm talking about when the anointing is flowing in your life, you'll be able to slay your adversary. You can take five loaves and two fishes and feed a multitude. You can take a widow's might and turn it into a mountain of blessing. When the anointing is flowing, it'll cause a tree of death to be turned into a tree of life. When the anointing is flowing, it'll to transform everything in your life and everything that you're going through. See, the anointing is something we need. I said the anointing is needed. The anointing is needed. We need the anointing in this hour like we have never needed it before. And I'm concerned that the church is trying to operate outside the anointing. Amen. Amen. I'm not here to bash anybody I pray everybody goes to heaven I really do but I'm telling you today that that the church world and if 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 church if if Paul would have seen see the church today I'm telling you we'd have got we getting a letter we would be getting a letter amen because we got some things going on but I'm not here to talk about all that what I am here to say today is is we need the anointing of God upon our life we need the anointing of God upon our services and we can't sit back and think it's a one man show I'm telling you the long ranger died a long time ago Tonto's even dead amen those there's no big big shows big eyes and little U's. we've got to come together corporately bring it all together and empty it before God and the Holy Spirit will create something beautiful out of it that everybody's life will be touched and changed by his glory. Amen. We need the anointing. Amen. We need the anointing. And the problem today is this and I'm quitting. Amy. The problem today is people do not know the difference between charisma and the anointing. You can have charisma and not even be saved. Amen. And unfortunately, a lot of people are following charisma instead of the anointing. But how do you know, and I'll talk more about this tonight, but how do you know the difference between charisma and the anointing? Our yoke's being destroyed our burdens being removed. Because anybody that is articulate with words and all of those things can get up and give a good speech. You can learn, you can read, you can study, you can give a good speech, but our burden's being removed. Our yoke's being destroyed. Because then it's more than just words. (laughs) I said it's more than just words, but it's the anointing that's breaking up the fallow ground. It's anointing that's flowing fresh. It's the anointing that will cause the heaviness to be removed from your mind and removed from your life. And leave. you can come into a place all depressed, overwhelmed, and not know which way to turn. But when you leave the house, you leave fresh. You leave light. You re- leave with hope and with a with future. Why? Because of the anointing. I can't do that, no man can do that, but the anointing can, amen? The anointing can. And whenever we come into this place and we create that atmosphere, we can expect signs and wonders and miracles. We can expect lives to be changed. We can expect in his presence the the things that are impossible to become possible, why? Because their atmosphere has changed. The anointing changes everything. Amen? Stand with me today.